Storm Bowling Products. The Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Matt McNeil. Matt bowled collegiately at Wichita State University. He's now out there in Utah working with Steve at Storm. So, Matt, it's Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Tim and Steve, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure to be uh, be on the podcast. Yeah, Matt, so I thought we'd begin. You, you spent some time bowling at Wichita State, and I'd like to get your perspective or how it was for you I don't think we've ever hit on this, but you went into Wichita State and you had a little bit of a different different route than most people do when they bowl collegiately, having a, a lot of accomplishments heading into school. But what what was it still like for you, those first couple practices and the tryouts and, and everything that you had to go through? How did that relate to some of, the, some of the other times on the lanes as far as any nerves, any little bit of anxiety that you may have felt? You know, Tim, it was coming in as – as an accomplished amateur player, I think for me to, to really grasp um, the, the team collegiate concept was, was harder for me. And I, I definitely admit that my first year at Wichita was, was really, really hard uh, for me to get um, just kind of into the groove and especially to, to learn how to connect with guys who were 10 years, nine years, eight years younger than me. Um, that was that was really really difficult, and there was there was a lot of practices that were, um, in my eyes, where I was as as a as a bowler, that I felt you know boy this is kind of this isn't a, a good use of my time I'm you know I like to only practice for about 30, 35 minutes and we're practicing for you know ninety minutes uh, this is you know I'm just I'm getting complacent I'm not not focusing as much and. I, and it's on me because I was, I didn't realize what team practices are really about. And I think my second year when I, when I got smart to that and uh, I really enjoyed my time a lot more and I connected a lot more with my teammates the second go around. But the first, the first year was really, really hard. And I actually had to sit down with coach Lewis and I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm just really nervous about next year because be honest the, the first year was really really hard on me and you know being you know just being 30 years old you know you're not I wasn't really in the prime shape of, of my life um, it was it was harder to keep up uh, and I you know and it's on me I hadn't taken the greatest greatest care of myself but you know workouts with the guys was was really hard because it was hard to keep up with them and it was hard to keep up with their energy levels and it was hard to uh, to really gel with them. So uh, after I kind of got over that first year hump, uh, you know, and started uh, approaching everything with a different mental outlook, uh, my second year got a lot better. Hey, I'm glad you touched on that uh, a little bit there, Matt, about the, the fitness. You know, we've uh, one of our recent guests that we had on this podcast here was Amleta Monticelli. And I tell you what, if there's ever been somebody who's uh, felt that fitness is important uh, to bowling and performance on the lanes, you know, putting time in the gym. And he actually talked specifically about the importance of stretching. Uh, and you had just kind of touched on that. So how important do you think it is? And, and 
And what do you see now that you have uh, transitioned into your role both on and off the lanes here at Storm? Uh, what do you think and what do you see about the fitness levels of the guys and those on, on tour who are successful versus maybe those who aren't? Well, uh, just, to, I mean, I, I'm glad you brought up Amleto because he's, he's a guy I grew up idolizing. Uh, he it just, it was, you know, he was player of the year that back-to-back stretch in 89-90. And, you know, I was four or five years old, and I just I remember my eyes just wide open glued to the TV on Saturday afternoons when you'd see him, you know, just kind of playing that big wheel rollout. And, uh, you know, I got to, I've been lucky to get to know Amleto and become really good friends with him over the years. And I remember this so vividly. I was sitting at South Point in the spa. You know, I was just sitting in the hot tub and, you know, and just, you know, kind of, and we had bowled, uh, I think it was either during the World Series or when the Masters was there in 2009. But, you know, it had been a long week of bowling, and I was just kind of resting and taking it easy and relaxing. And I think we had, yeah, we were bowling that night. And <laughs> I see him let out come into the locker room, and I'm like, hey, uh, you know, did you get a little workout in? He goes, oh, no, I only ran five miles today. <laughs> 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 I'm like, wait a minute, you just ran five miles and we still got a bowl tonight, you know, like I'm just trying to get loose, you know, and relax and take it easy. And, you know, and, and that's just, that's a testament to, uh, you know, not only his work ethic, but how much he believes in physical fitness and, uh, and also his dietary, he's, he's very, very cautious about what he eats and he's a very clean, uh, eater. So, um, and I think that's why he's been one of the greatest players of all time for so long. And uh, so mm-hmm. going into the second half of the question, the guys on tour um, that are very consistent in having success are in great shape. Um, I, you know, Jason Belmonte, I think, would, would tell you if he was sitting on this call, he, he would say how greatly, greatly important it is because, you know, I think Jason went through a period where he, you know, he, he was a little heavier. And I think he recognized that if he wanted to be uh, the greatest player of this generation, uh, or much less in, in the history of the sport of bowling, um, that he really needed to uh, to get into better, better physical shape, and he did. And you can definitely see it if you track his TV per- performances over the years. Uh, you can really see that. So the, the guys that I'm seeing that are having the consistent success week in and week out on tour are the guys who are putting a lot of time in uh, off the lanes as far as their physical fitness and even they recognize you know the dietary uh element of it too and they try to eat very clean uh it's it's generally probably a, for them a lot of you know low carb um and they they you know fix more on, on proteins and and uh veggies and fruits and those types of things and um you know it's it, it's really cool to see because i think that's something the sport has kind of always been missing um, and I, I just think it adds an extra layer of professionalism, and it uh, it really really shows. And I, I'm just, you know, you look at a couple of the guys that that we got on stage. Like Marshall Ken is one that comes to mind. You know, he's he's just always working out and always trying to be in tip top physical shape. And I just I, I think that makes a huge difference when it when it comes, you know, especially those major formats. Steve, um, I'm sure you can attest to those a little bit. Um, you know, when you're when you're you know, putting in 50, 50 some games in a week, uh, you know, week mm. after week after week. Yeah. 
I think that I, that physical fitness really, really comes into play in my my opinion. And Matt, taking a look too regard, regarding some of your Storm, uh, your some folks there that are with you at Storm and on staff with Storm were also your teammates back in, in at Wichita. So how does that kind of help with you able to connect? Like you said earlier, you're able to connect with the guys, and now you know Chris Prather and, and Devin Bidwell and AJ Chapman are guys that are on on Team Storm. And I know you're not always out there doing a lot of ball repping, but you do catch you know from time to time you're out there helping out with some of that. How how is that then that connecting like you said that extra effort you put in then in 2012 and 2013 how has that helped you now with the guys and, and able to uh, connect with them it's a huge help you know we just have that college history and uh, you know we're we're shocker alumni i think everybody really wears being an alumni of that program as, as a badge of honor and generally when you get out of that program you feel it's we all feel very tight knit and connected together, even if it's even folks from different classes, you know, it's, we all went through which, you know, we all went through WSU and we all have, we wear that badge of honor and it's something that uh, was a big part of our lives. So I think we have that common denominator that, that allows us to connect on that level. Um, As far as like when I see the guys out on tour, it's great because I mean, this, I normally won't get to see my, my former teammates. And, you know, I mean, especially, um, you know, I lived with Devin Bidwell and Francois LeBlanc my first year when I was down there and uh, got to know those guys really well. And, uh, you know, I was uh, pretty close with A.J. Chapman and, and Chris Prater through the years and Mitch Hupay. Um, granted, he's not on our mm-hmm. staff, but he's out there. And, you know, it, it's really cool to see those guys from when I met them when they were, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, and to see them five years down the road um, being successful on tour and, and chasing their goals and their dreams, for me to stand back and see that, I, I just, it's so awesome. But it's also cool because, you know, it's, it's kind of like catching up with uh, with close friends that you hadn't seen in a while. So it, it, it's, it's great all the way around, Tim. Well, it was definitely a talented group you had there, you know, looking just at the one year uh, with Francois and AJ and Mitch Hupe and Packy. I mean, you had some, some unbelievably talented, uh, talented players there. And it's, uh, you know, it's a tribute to the, the program and the, the, the coaching that they've, uh, that they've had there. You know, Coach Vatican had uh, just recently retired, but uh, Rick Steelsmith had uh, uh, picked up the reins and picked him up nicely there uh, for the men's team. And uh, Holly Harris uh, became the women's team uh, coach there as well. And, and Rick Steelsmith was actually my uh, associate coach there in Wichita. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Have you been in touch with uh, the coaches and stayed in touch with the program? And what do you think their transition was like going from, you know, what had been the leadership really of Coach Vatican for 40 years uh, to then all of a sudden a major, you know, a major uh, a player like that, an integral part of the program, uh, retiring and, and then moving forward? Yeah, you know, Steve, that's that's a great point because what was funny was Rick Steelsmith was was my associate coach when I was in the program. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's great. You know, what a great guy. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think I think Rick um getting to know him was was really cool because he was he was a guy that uh his game was so good uh when when mm. I got to watch him uh 
throughout his career. And I just, I had such a high level of respect for him because he was, he was just such a, a very cerebral player. Um, but he was a very confident, he always struck me as a confident player. And uh, he always just made really, really great shots when he needed to, as far as I could see. Um, so getting to work with him, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, I remember when you won the Masters and, you know, and, and watching you on TV mm-hmm. growing up, you know, so it was, it was really cool. But just beyond his bowling accolades, his accolades as a coach and his knowledge as a coach and his ability to work with people is, I really think that people don't understand the level of uh, ability they, that he has to be a very, very successful coach. Um, he was doing uh, lessons full-time for JOMA, which was uh, the DeSocios chain of bowling centers. Uh, he was doing, you know, uh, he was doing a lot of lessons every week. And uh, when you're doing something a lot uh, every single week for multiple years, you get, you get pretty darn good at it. And so I think Rick transitioning into Coach B's role, um, I think Rick just saw that as making it his own because nobody's going to be Coach B. That'll never happen ever again. I, I, you don't get somebody like Coach B that, you know, comes along uh, a lot. And he was just such a special person to everybody in the program and then the sport of bowling as a whole. Um, I think Rick approached it uh, from the little I've gathered. I haven't talked a ton with Rick. I've talked more with Coach L. Um, But I think Rick approached it as, you know, I'm going to – I can't be Coach B. I can just be Coach Steelsmith, and I'm going to be the best Coach Steelsmith that I can be. And I think that was really apparent when you looked at um, how the team fared. You know, it was kind of a rocky start. But then I really think everybody found their stride and clicked. And, you know, they uh, they were ranked number one in the country uh, at the end of the season. And then Rick gets uh, the, the uh, which is now appropriately uh, entitled the uh, Gordon Vatican uh, Coach of the Year Award. And I, I just think that's such a cool thing for Rick as a player under Coach B. And then as a person who contributed to the program for so long and now to finally be uh, the men's head coach and receive uh, the coach of the year award, which is, which was named after uh, somebody uh, that definitely had a huge impact on, on his career. So it, it's really cool. It's kind of like a circle of life thing. I, I think it put it in a cheesier way, but uh, you know, I, Rick's going to be great down there and uh, you know, he's just going to keep uh, that program evolving and, relevant and competitive for many, many years to come. And everything has to change at, at some point in time. And, and all good things, as, as far as we see them, must eventually always come to, to some sort of end. And uh, watching Coach V uh, retire was really hard. I mean, I, it, was, it was emotionally really hard to me. I was really sad to, to see him retire. But on the other hand, the guy's been doing it for 40 years. He needs to enjoy his life. He needs, he needs to not spend Thanksgiving at the, you know, the, the collegiate match games. And he, he needs to mm-hmm. be able to spend his Christmas holiday, you know, not rushing back from the Glenn Carlson Memorial. And he needs to be able to spend time with his grandkids. And, you know, so there's, there's that element too. So I was, when I looked at it that way, I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm really happy for coach, you know, that he can transition into this 
new chapter of his life. So uh, all around, uh, I guess to wrap it up, uh, Tim and, and Steve, um, I, I did talk to Coach L uh, probably about two months ago. Um, he was really, really happy with how things were going uh, with the program. And it was also, I, uh, I re-up a $500 scholarship every year that I give to the program. And uh, mm. I think a lot, a lot of the alumni like to do that. And it's just our way to, to give back for everything that we got out of the program when we were there. So, Matt, and it was funny, on uh, on my Facebook feed, one of the pictures that came up from a while back was uh, when you were helping out and doing some coaching of your own, and you do have that bug in you where you talk about other people, but you're able to feed into bowlers as well. Has that thought ever crossed your mind, given the right circumstance? Would you consider uh, doing more on the college side of bowling and, and maybe taking over a program, at least, uh, on a, or even just being an assistant coach? Tim, that's a really good question. Um you know, I think uh, uh, Coach V uh, told me uh, at when I was down there, we, we had breakfast um, before this whole COVID thing came around. Um, we went out and had breakfast, and we were, we were kind of talking about it. He actually said that my name came up when talking about men's head coach possibilities. And, I mean, I'm not Rick Steele-Smith, and I'm at a completely different point in my life and my career. Um, Tim, i got to be honest with you, uh, my – my experience here at storm has been so amazing and uh i just i really have a passion for everything that we're doing here at storm and for the people that I, i'm really lucky to get to work with uh for right now I, I really see myself being at storm for a long time to come um you know that being said you never say never and you know things can things can always change um you know steve can certainly attest that you know uh he he was at Storm, and then he uh, left for a position at the United States Bowling Congress, and you know, and that didn't uh, work out. And then he came back to Storm, you know. So things can always change and evolve. But I think sitting here talking to you guys today, my my heart's really invested, and my passion's invested in 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 Bill and Barb and Storm and, and what we're doing here. Um, but once again, I'd never say never, and I think you know maybe it, in the future. Uh, you, you never know if, if, if the program needed uh, needed me to, to help out in any way, shape, or form. I've always told Coach Al and Rick that um, that I'd be here for them, and I could always be a resource for them. Um, but you know, who knows? I guess if, as far as a, a coaching role, I think that'd definitely be an honor, and it, it'd be a really cool experience. Uh, but I think right now, if it happened, I'd, I'd probably have to have to say no and 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 stay committed to my, my duties here at Storm. Well, I think a lot of people are familiar with you, you know, not just for your performance on the lanes, but also even your time uh, here at Storm as a tour rep and helping some of our pro staff. But why don't you talk a little bit more as well, too, about uh, Storm University? What is that? What are you doing here right now? And is this something that people should know about and why? Uh, Steve, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, that's that's really why I'm in uh, in Utah right now. And uh, Storm University was uh, kind of a, a brainchild of mine, where yeah, I I took kind of fundamental areas of the sport that I wasn't exposed to, and uh, that I really didn't have easy access to uh, as when I was developing as a player. And I thought I, I said. These are things that need to be in a 
delivered in an easy-to-digest, streamlined manner. So uh, Storm University is going to evolve into, uh, uh, in, in conjunction with a Storm app that you'll be able to download on your phone, on your smartphone, and through the app you'll be able to access uh, different courses and within those courses different modules. And these are short, fundamental, easy-to-digest modules that you can play over and over and over again. And they'll be accompanied with some, uh, with some outside work that you'll be able to actually mail in and have uh, either myself or other, other members uh, of, of the STORM staff grade and take a look at and give back to you. So you'll, be, you'll have that real human connection on top of your learning. And these are things that are fundamentally so important uh, when it comes to helping bowlers develop. And there's a lot more information out there, and I know, Steve, we've talked about this a lot, is how a lot of the younger players are getting very, very good so quickly. And I think there's a lot of great physical um, coaching out there. I think there's, uh, really, there's good mental game coaching out there. There's good tech uh, coaching out there as far as elevating bowler's IQ around equipment and layouts and ball mapping. But it's very piecemeal. You know, you got to go here, and then you got to dig down this YouTube rabbit hole, and you got to try to find this, and you try to find that. And, you know, it's in maybe the little section that you want is maybe in a 30-minute video. So it's kind of, it's not really easy to access, and it's not bundled in, and it, it maybe doesn't cover the fundamentals. So you don't build that uh, base of knowledge that helps you build upon it, because you really can't understand some of the higher level topics unless you have that really good fundamental knowledge. And the introductory courses uh, in Storm University are geared toward that. And it's these, it's uh, shorter uh, video modules that you're able to build the base level knowledge that you need to really be sharp as far as things uh, that cover the mental game and competing um, and how to think like a professional when you're on the lanes that cover um, equipment fundamentals. So we're talking about the building blocks of all the great equipment that we make here at Storm. And we really want to educate the bowlers on, you know, the difference between solids and pearls and hybrids and give them that fundamental knowledge of radius of gyration or differential, the fundamental knowledge of symmetrical core tendencies versus asymmetrical core tendencies and you know when one is more advantageous of the uh, versus the other and so you know after watching that a bowler is able to say you know what look at their bag and they say oh you know what this is the ball this is the next ball that I need because that's a tool I don't have in my bag and so we, we, we help the bowlers help themselves and we make that learning process their own so they own their they own their own success, and that's definitely a lot more gratifying. The last element to Storm University is ball mapping basics. And we teach you through these video modules how to, A, learn the Storm VLS uh, ball mapping system, which is uh, fundamentally a very simple and easy-to-learn system. But then we teach you the intricacies of it so you can use it properly. So the next time you go out and make uh, informed bowling ball purchase, you, you can tell your Storm VIP Pro Shop operator 
laid out for you so it will give you exactly what you're looking for. And, you know, being in the pro shop industry for, boy, 17 years now, um, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had customers come in and say, uh, you know, person X's pro shop down the road drilled me this ball and it doesn't roll very good. You know, and I think he, he laid it out wrong for me. Well, we really want to take that away and offer bowlers a way to uh, understand an easy to access, easy to digest, um, fundamental manner uh, that, that allows them to take part in, in owning their own success and building their bowling IQ. All right. Well, Matt, and along those same lines you brought up earlier, the mental side of things, I'd like you to take the final little bit of time we have together and talk to that collegiate player whose season ended on an abrupt note due to the coronavirus pandemic or the high school player had the same situation or the person who was planning on going to junior gold and now that's canceled. A lot of that is it's a mental side of things. It's not, you know, the physical side you'll be able to you'll be able to get through, but it's a, it's a mental roadblock for a lot of these people and there's no real closure, but can you offer them some advice as far as how to have closure on that event and, and move forward in their bowling career? Yeah, Tim, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, first thing, um, I've, I've got to complete, compete at junior gold. Uh, it was called junior Olympic gold back when I did it. Um, and then, you know, collegiate nationals and, <clears throat> For folks that age out of these things, um, it's it. My heart goes out to you. It, it's it's just devastating to when when we as as young folks look forward to these events, and these are the biggest. These are our big events of the year. And in the current position, this was your big event of the year, and it got canceled and, and taken away from you because of something out of your control. Um, what I can offer you as somebody who's, who's been around the block more, and Steve would certainly echo this, and Tim, you can even say this, the sport of bowling has survived world wars, um, pandemics before. It's, it's survived so many things throughout the history of time that more big events will come, will 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 be there for you. You will have the opportunity to compete in those. Yes, it might not be junior gold. And, you know, you might not have the opportunity to, to make junior team USA. But that doesn't mean that, you know, team trials in 2021 isn't going to probably happen. I, I knock on wood. I, I hope it does. And then you can strive to be a member of regular team USA. And those experiences either or, I think anybody would say, man, I'd love to be a member of Team USA. Uh, so you, when you say, you know, uh, collegiate nationals, um, you know, I was, I, I had my team and we wanted to compete together and have a chance to bowl for an, a collegiate national title. Well, the bad side of that is, yeah, if you aged out, that won't be an event you'll be able to compete in. But there's multiple ways, A, you can give back to your program and try to find your way back into the program as an associate coach or somebody. And you can be there the next year and help out your team in a different way. But you can ultimately try to get back there and, and help your team to, to winning a collegiate national title. Also, what you can do is you have the opportunity to compete at the USBC Open Championships and win a Team Eagle or a Team All Events Eagle. And 
I know I know a lot of guys in my area that have both of those eagles, and uh, that that's something that I dream of doing with with four other guys, and and hoisting that trophy together and having that experience together. So it where one door closes, uh, another one opens, and you know as devastating as it is, the sport of bowling is gonna is going to continue on, and we as bowlers are going to continue on and the competitive bowling family, uh, because it's a very tight-knit group, we're going to continue to go out on the lanes and compete uh, because that's what we love to do. So a small advice I'd offer is, you know, you're entitled to grieve and you're entitled to be frustrated. And it's it's understandable to be angry and, and not understand these things. And I, I just have nothing but empathy and my heart goes out to everybody that's been wrongly affected by this. But the positive side is there's so many more ways uh, and so many more things to look forward to that you can achieve in your career that when you look back on everything after you hang up your shoes, this will seem a lot less important than it does now. And it'll it'll probably not stain as much. Um, it's always going to be there, don't get me wrong, but it, it won't have the same amount of stain to it. So I guess that's what I would offer up, Tim, uh, uh, as my message to, to everybody out there. All right. Well, a lot of good stuff and a lot of good advice, Matt. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, and uh, thanks for all you do for us at Storm. We uh, we surely benefit and uh, appreciate all your efforts with Storm U and work with the tour reps and everything else that you do. So uh, we'll make sure we we check back in with you, hopefully. Uh, you mentioned hoisting up the uh, the eagle there with the team. Hopefully, uh, whoever bowls first in Reno this fall will will post a heck of a score for uh, the other team to try and eclipse. So, thanks again. Oh, thanks, Stephen. Uh, I won't be surprised if if I uh, if I see your team up there on the top of the leaderboard. You got a really really stout crew. <laughs>